you making an offense <clears throat> that already had Kawhi Leonard and Lou Will on it in the Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell pick and roll, which is for some odd reason amazes me that nobody can stop. Amazes me. Like do better. But and adding Paul George, who is undeniably a top five, top ten score in the league this day. So Duh, the Toronto Raptors what the heck? Why would they do? Damn. Oh, Joel and B went zero and eleven. The whole game? Yes. Well Play Marcus saw Marcus saw always get that man problems though, G. If I'm a if I have to Look, G, sometimes there's certain players that just have other players' numbers, G, no matter who it is, G. Zero off for 11. I know that, G. Zero from three from the free throw line. As the biggest Joel Embiid stand in Chicago, G, I know. I'm embarrassed for the man, matter of fact. It's not like Marcus Gasol had a good game, too. He only had three points, but... Uh, yeah, like that. It's uh, like, geez, it's weird. Look at his stats. It's like this nigga had zero and thirteen. Like nigga, you had Tristan Thompson numbers, bro. <laughs> you got Tristan Thompson numbers. G. Like, geez. I'm by. Yo, look, man. The Sixers next season, either Joel and beat or Ben Simmons ain't gonna be there, bro. Like, no cap. It depends how they look come playoff time. G. It they. It's it's had this has. Like, gee, they're still, what, they're 12-6 and six now, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, at first, they, just last week, I think they were freaking 5-4. and four. So, it's like, they they having a good stretch of basketball. Just, it's just, you ran to the Raptors, G. And be that way sometimes. <laughs> you ran to the Raptors. Some teams, like Marcus All, is one of those dudes who just know how to defend and be really well. And it don't help when Ben Simmons is only scoring four, 10 points against Fred Van Fleet. Last thing, I'm just checking some of the games I missed when I was watching wrestling. Um, Buddy Hill got a 40 ball. Definitely. Definitely do. But still lost to the uh, Celtics. So we'll, we will have a in-depth discussion on the Celtics shortly. But yeah, but yeah back to the Clippers, though. Uh, overall, I'm definitely liking what I see uh, – Especially, I feel like that Celtics game, when you go going against, I feel like a team that you can possibly see in the finals was a good indicator of how good they can possibly be. Especially when you see the what should be their closing lineup of Matres, who I still believe might get traded by the deadline. Because you're not about to pay that man a max money just to keep him when you have Kawhi and goddamn Paul George around. You, can, you got Zubak for a reason. But uh, but yeah, you have you you the lineup of Montrez, Lou Will, PG, Kawhi, and Pat Bev. There was points defensively where I was just like, "Gee, I feel so damn bad," because I think I forgot who it was. I think Jason Tatum was trying to get a switch to uh, Lou Will. He had to do like three different pick and rolls just to get Lou Will. G. That is frustrating to do, but um. <laughs> Like extremely frustrated, and like when they had to lock down defensively, they legit did lock down defensively. Like it was one play where imagine just literally you getting trapped in a pick and roll, and it's Pat Beverly and Kawhi Leonard in your face. G, what are you about to do? 
what the hell are you about to do, G? So, and this is the Celtics where I feel like they have, at all times, they got five, four, four or five dudes who can score. So, position-wise and crunch time time, even though I think Gordon Hayward being on the court would have helped them even more. But when I feel like come crunch time, I feel like they would work out well against a team like the Clippers. But that team's going to be a problem defensively. Uh, when they decide to lock all in, and then scoring wise, I feel like they're going to be fine either way. Because regardless, you're going to have like I don't think I've seen Lou will have a a game where he hasn't scored no less than 15 yet this season. Kawhi's going to be Kawhi. Paul George is going to be Paul George as long as he's healthy. So like they going they they look really freaking good. Like th- it's legit. Either them or the Lakers come out the West this year. Plain and simple. That's just my initial thoughts on them. Yeah, um, the Kinks are look like they getting kinked out. I forgot who they bodied yesterday though. They went through somebody. Dude. Um, who oh, was they they beat the hell out the Pelicans last night. Yeah, they they went through them niggas. Like the only person who was actually able to do something was uh Ingram. Brandon Ingram, but they went through them niggas. Um, yeah, uh, the Kinks are getting let out. Uh. I still don't know. This team is gonna go. This team is gonna have that <clears throat> that who gets the ball in the lane of seconds moment. And I also would like to say this: Kawhi has been shooting horribly. As of like late, bad. yeah, he has. What you say? I think as of lately, I'm thought I was the only one that kind of notices, but he has. As of lately, he's been his shooting been wacky. Lord, and the forty three percent. I mean, he's at forty three percent, and right now he's shooting thirty percent from the free throw line. He's a thirty eight. I mean, from the three point. Yeah, he's a thirty. He's a forty nine percent field goal shooter. So going from forty nine to forty three is really, really bad. Um, he actually, he actually got a season high in steals right now. This nigga averaging two point one. Quiet energy. That's scary. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's nothing for him. Is you got to think about it. two steals for Kawhi is kind of light. I don't know if that's a season high. It might be. I don't know. But um, yeah, I just like uh, and Paul George. I know he's getting back into that. Other than that miracle thirty he had, I know he's getting back to uh. Back he's to supposed to be. Montrez Harold ate last night, and understandable why because if you got a nigga named Kenrich Williams. And Jackson Hayes. <laughs> and Jackson Hayes. Um, you deserve to eat. So, um, yeah. So, I'm not for my homie at school was like, are you going to start putting my name on Ron Trash I'm like, nigga, no. He came with a trapped out rug rat fit. I'm never putting respect on him. I can never put <laughs> nobody respect on anybody's name. Like, Luca lost a little respect for me this week when I saw that shit <laughs> he had. Said, I was like, gee. And said he went to the gas station. Like, yeah, let me get on pump. Let me get 20 on pump five and uh, that outfit behind you. <laughs> like, gee, I can't. Like, gee, those fits are trash, gee. Y'all too grown. <laughs> too damn grown for them nostalgia fits, That's like gee. Some niggas could be wearing them noodle packet fits. Like, gee, no. Like, it was cool with, like, the race car jackets that had, like, you know, Skittles or some crap on it. Like, yeah, those were cool. But, like, jumpsuits? Nah, nigga, nah. Hell nah. <laughs> but, um, just back to the Clippers for me. Um, uh, it's just, I, I like them. I don't think they, 
I think the Lakers' defense is still better just because easily, yeah. All, all around defensively, they just got stoppers. But um, on the offensive side, I could see the Cliff was like nudging it because there's sometimes the Lakers just have a hard time shooting the ball. So uh, and the one thing I learned about the Clippers between Lou Will, Paul George, and uh, Anthony. I mean, I'm gonna say Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. Somebody getting buckets that quarter. Yep, <laughs> it's, it's very weird. It's very weird that both, all three of them get real, real cold. So, uh, yeah, I just I think it's a really good team. They they record is it's it's not like what you would want, but I think it's not totally bad. Uh, like how some of the other teams should be way better than what they supposed to be is. Uh, some of the top teams are like. In the West, are like not that far behind the Lakers in terms of just, you know, play style and stuff like that. And them t- and that team is one of them. So uh, I kind of want to see them go against more, like more. Uh, how you say like tougher? T- like I want to. I want them to. I, I want to see them at full have more power go against Greek Freak. Yeah, I want to see them at full power go against. Uh, I want to say Philly because Philly can get past Mark Gasol. <laughs> I want them to go against uh, Toronto at full power uh, and see what they can do. And same thing for the Lakers. Like, I want to see the Lakers have another run back against the Jazz uh, since they found they, they beat um, and stuff like that. So it's good, though. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, like it's. I, I'm definitely excited for the Lakers and Clippers come Christmas. That's gonna be a crazy act. Like first game, I already felt like a damn playoff game. But I feel like now that the Lakers kind of have an idea of how they want to run their offense, and and also Kuzma being back makes a hell of a difference. <laughs> and also, it's a good thing that uh, KCP finally. Uh, realize how much he's getting paid and how easy he can get flipped for uh, a J.J. Redick or somebody like that. So, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, uh, get it together. And then maybe even the fact that he's starting because Avery Bradley got hurt, KCP has played a lot better. Like, a lot better. So, yeah. I'm going to give him his props. But the Lakers really have it good in terms of just like where they're going offensively, confidence-wise. And it's just, I feel like they know that a lot of the teams they play ain't on their level. So there will be times where they will just play down to their competition. It be that way sometimes. But when they know when it's time to go guns a blazing, they go guns a blazing. So, so and yeah. like, that's why I can't really knock the Lakers. No matter, because some people are using, well, they haven't really played many good teams. I think it's still early in the season. I, the Clippers really play good teams, and some of the good teams they played before Paul George got back, they lost to. So, is it Uchi Wally or one mic, my nigga? But, <laughs> but yeah, and the Clippers. <laughs> they literally got somebody got Marcus Aldridge, got Joel and B inside of a torture chamber. <laughs> Why did he do that to him, bro? Yeah, man, oh, yeah. B gotta take them jokes. G, stay off Twitter tonight, my nigga. But yeah, the Clippers got <laughs> at least the next see a couple weeks. I see they got the Mavericks tomorrow. Actually, um, then they don't see another good team until they play the Bucks in December. 
Mm. Then they got the Pacers, the Raptors, see the Suns, Rockets. Yeah, like the Clippers' schedule is pretty damn favorable. But like around the end of December was probably like, like I would say, talk to me at by the end of December about the about the Clippers. Honestly, they got the Rockets again. They got yeah, they got the Rockets in December as well. It's a good thing they probably getting all them Rocket games out the way now. It's probably a good yeah, thing. So it's really good. They, after I still think like if the Lakers have found themselves another like Danny Green for the bench, and I don't know if they can try to make KCP that, like because they have a hard time like guarding the three point shot. Well, particularly James Harden three point shot. And that Everybody even Pat Bev got exposed, dog. <laughs> exposed. Not everybody, because I think the game before that, they locked James Harden down. They locked him and Rusbrick down. Who they played before that? The, the Rockets before? The Clippers. I'm talking about they locked them niggas down, bro. Uh, yesterday, the Dallas Mavericks was locked them. was locking them boys down, G. Yeah, the Mavericks beat their ass. While letting Luca sit there and just do whatever the hell he pleased. Freaking James Harden barely got to forty percent. I mean, that's Westbrook. James Harden shot twenty four fucking shots. Ain't bad. He was two for fifteen from three. Is you tweaking? For six turnovers, and he got both. Dang, both of them had five fouls. <laughs> Niggas dang near fouled out while being mid. They could probably have the 2020 game, though. That's what's up. In a losing effort. Like, literally, the, like, the one weakness with, honestly, the Mavericks is they rebound in G, which is weird because Luka dang You got Luka and Porzingis, but primarily Porzingis. Like, G, you, nigga has freaking eight rebounds. Luka has freaking ten. Get down, Beth. But yeah, but uh, I'm get this dog off the couch. Get down! <laughs> Shout out to Bear G. But uh, this old nigga, get down! But yeah, but uh, let's go ahead get and up. uh, move on from the Clippers and Ventral. I don't feel like really dick riding Lakers right now, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we do it every episode. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, let's go ahead and talk it's about the uh, the Celtics though. Uh, so in my season, in the season preview, I pretty much was kind of harsh on the Celtics. I've been harsh on the Celtics since ever. I don't like the organization as a whole. Now I do like Jason Tatum as a player. I'm hard on him because I like Jason Tatum. It's just, unfortunately, he's on the Boston Celtics. Very unfortunate. But, and I also have respect for Kimba. Don't really care for, uh, Jalen Brown like that. And I'm a Marcus Smart guy. So, back to that game against the Clippers. <laughs> I really like what I saw because I was like the second or third time I actually watched them play. And I wasn't one of them people saying, oh, my God, the Celtics haven't, uh, was one of those. I'm like, nah, gee, I'm not buying in. And I thought Gordon Hayward getting hurt was going to actually hurt them more than anything. And it, it haven't really flinched much. Like, they – had some couple of close games, but from what I I will admit right now that I was pretty wrong about the Celtics. 
and maybe turning and this is an example of turning a superstar and Kyrie Irving well let's say borderline superstar I won't call Kyrie a superstar he's a star but he's like a borderline superstar of Kyrie Irving into a consistent all-star Kimball Walker and it working out for the good and I pretty much am going to listen I think I think Marcus Smart was on Shams or Wadge's podcast. I got to listen to it. But I want to hear his thoughts on, like, how the locker room is now that Kyrie and even at this point Terry Rozier is both going. Because I'm curious on that take. But um, I really like what I see. Um, It reminds me of, like, it reminds me in a way, I'm trying to think of a team. I can't even think of a team right now. But I like how offensively they look. Defensively, they back to how it was when they had uh, Jay Crowder and the gang pretty much running defense and just praying to God nobody ISOs a uh, little IT. Yeah, when they had Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley in the gang pretty much locking niggas up. But, like, I really like what I see. Um prayers to Kimba and that neck injury. I mean, it's not that bad, but I'm glad he's okay because it looked nasty on camera and just seeing the man actually end up leaving it on stretcher. But good thing he's yeah. okay. But glad to, I'm really glad that they're looking good. My only question is, and I think this is more on Brad Stevens as a coach, what in the right mind was going through your head to give Marcus Smart a green light in crunch time? Yes, he made some of them shots. Yes, it was cool. But that is like giving. That's like Doc Rivers letting Pat Beverly literally isolate, pick and roll anybody because it's Pat Beverly and nobody else is probably trying to guard him. That makes no damn sense at all. (laughs) And it shouldn't happen. But Marcus Smart is definitely improved. I feel like that he's arguably still a most important player as in defender, hustle guy, and despite him probably being like a legit 6-2, um, he still guards they the best perimeter player and sometimes even the best player with no problems. So, respect to Marcus Smart. Tatum look Tatum is starting to get back in form and confident where he was like his rookie year. Like it actually looks like he, this was his actually the, the the Tatum that we were supposed to see last year on top of it. And Jalen Brown actually showing that he's worth his contract. So I was wrong. I was wrong. And I will admit that right now. Danny Ainge is still scared to pull the trigger though. Because if he was smart, you would get a center. Expeditiously. You know, speaking of that, in terms of the Celtics, like, I agree with everything you said. Crap, I was wrong, too. I said they probably won't even make the playoffs. I think. I don't know. But um, the people that they did, other than Andy Skinner's character, um, Daniel Theus ain't that bad. And what's the black dude's name? Uh, Which one? Robert Williams? or the? Yeah. They got two Williamses on their team, I think. Hold on, let me double the check. one with the dreads. Yeah, that's Robert Williams. He decent. And he good defensively. Yeah, he's really good defensively. I think he's just a offensive liability where it's like we I think Daniel Thies can at least shoot. That's what separates him. He can shoot. So they got two good backup bigs. They just need a starting center. 
you go look at somebody like Stephen Adams or even K Love. Kevin like Love would be great on this team. They get Kevin Love, bro. They running through the East. Yeah, Kevin Love would be great on this team. Like, because you can just the end lineup of just throwing Kevin Love at center because he, I feel like he's comfortable with it, even though I feel like Ty Lue literally tried to murder that man playing center. But at closing lineup of Kevin Love, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, well, if if Hayward's hot, you play Hayward. Let's put it that way. But a closing lineup of Kimba, Marcus Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Love, or, or a combination of Jalen Brown or Gordon Hayward depends who's hot. But that will be that will give a lot of teams fits solely off the floor spacing because everybody yeah. can shoot. Everybody's at least an above average defender. I won't say above average. At least everybody's an average defender. So it won't be no horrible mismatch, even though Kevin Love would be the target, but you're trying to keep Kevin Love on the center at all costs. So and like that would give a lot of teams problems in the East. A lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And it kinda offensively you're getting what Al Horford used to give you, which was stretching the floor, can pass, and rebound really well. So you're getting what you're missing from Horford on the offensive end. Defensive end, you're kind of losing that because Kevin Love, he's he's gotten better as a defender, but it's not out Horford. Let's put it that way. So, Yeah. But the Celtics are decent. I like him. Still can't play with the niggas. Okay, though. Uh, I need to know if they closer. And... Because, like, who would you give the ball to? Kimball or Jason Tatum? I'm getting... It, it, see, now, it just depends on who you're playing against and who's also hot at the end of the day. Like, the hot hand, to me, should always... Like, with a team like the Celtics, especially when you don't have Kyrie, you're more than likely going to give it to the hot hand. But Kimba is always going to be the hot, the number one option regardless. But if Tatum is hot, I'm probably going to give it to Tatum. But if it's like what well, all else fails, like Kemba, I know has been in these situations his whole damn career. He he has moments. Yes, I'm cool with giving Tatum. I, I'm cool with giving Kemba the ball if uh, even if he's like not the hot man. Like it's, I don't really have a problem with uh, who whoever as long as it's between Tatum and uh, Kemba easily. Even though, if you're going against Kawhi Leonard, not the man who's Kawhi's defending, because that's where they tweet. Nigga, shit, that shot the hell. <laughs> and then walked off casually. <laughs> walked off. <laughs> Never be me. Shit. But anything else you want to add about them niggas? Nah. Nah, nah. All right. So, uh... Before we go into wrestling, I want to talk about the uh, Blazers. Uh, should we be concerned? Melo dropped pretty fast tonight. He definitely has dropped. Mel- this is probably Melo's best game. Like, coming back. Like, for- Let's just start off with Melo itself. Melo, first, I think this is what his third or fourth game back. I think I think this is third. So, yeah, third. Yeah. So, first game he went against the Bucks. And honestly, Melo kind of kept them in the game. 
had 18, 7 boards and, and 4 assists. Really solid effort and a losing effort. By the way, Dame didn't come back until tonight, I believe. I think it was back for the Cleveland game. I'm not, I don't remember. But um, but to really play the Bucks in a close game without Dame is really good. And Melo looked really solid. Um, Then against Cleveland, they lost. He had 11, nothing special. Then against the Bulls, nigga dropped 25 with eight boards and two assists. That's just literally just looking at his quick stats right now. But Melo has been looking really good. It actually looks like he's comfortable, which is so shouts Terry Stotts for making the man feel comfortable. And it's probably a good thing that they played the Bulls because you could use this as a bounce back game as well because the Blazers been looking extremely shaky. I don't even think they really even healthy yet either. Like, hold on. The uh, white side play? Yeah, white side came back. Dame came back. So, because they haven't even been healthy. They still lost Zach Collins, who's going to be out. Yurkic is still out. So, they haven't really been healthy all season. And then Dame is dealing with back problems, which in itself isn't a good thing. So, but bringing Melo in, is good to see Melo actually looking comfortable. Because I could just say from the Rockets and the OKC, he just never looked comfortable with his role. And I feel like they made him comfortable feeling like he's a legitimate third option. And which is some something that the Blazers, I don't call it on the words, the Blazers needed for years. A legitimate third option, scoring option. And somebody who can score on all three levels confidently and Melo can still do that regardless he's still a very decent rebounder too it's always funny hearing him say fuck out of here I got the ball that, that's hilarious um but Melo looks good and I feel like they can use this use beating the hell out the Bulls and I got bars for the Bulls in a second um but <laughs> I really do I'm tired of these bastards but but yeah like the Blazers can use this as a way to get things going forward because what they record again? Because them niggas been mid. Uh, just had it up. Six and 12. <laughs> They've been bad. But you can blame injuries, of course. And it's a good way that you can use this as a bounce back to get on a good streak of games winning. Probably finish the month off strong, use December as a way to turn the entire season around because I feel like would would it be wrong to say if they are still under five hundred come January, do you consider moving CJ McCollum? I thought you traded CJ McCollum regardless. Yeah, of course. But like do you actually like be serious about it though? And just consider yeah. the him and Dame experiment just done. Yeah, you try to from Bradley Bill. Yeah, I would do that. You trade for Bradley Bill. That's a that's a duo in the East that's dang now unstoppable. In the West. Yeah, West, my bad. In the West is dang now unstoppable. Then CJ can have his own team with a bunch of young niggas. Until John Wall like come back. Until <laughs> CJ can have his own team with a bunch of young niggas and a crippled blood. Probably name of that episode, John Walls and Crippled Blood. 
Mike gets <laughs> nigga Mike legit hunters down, which I'm cool with. I'm legit cool with that. Either way, um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, but what's your thoughts of Mellow uh, so far though? That's what's up. <laughs> That's really my thoughts. Shout out to Mellow. Okay. Right. I hated the stats guys and the, the plus minus niggas who came for Melo in his first game, but won't come for somebody like freaking Harden when that nigga out there shooting five for 23 on the freaking three-point line. But since he got 14 or 14 from the free throw line, his plus minus got dark nine, he all Gucci. As long as they win, you can't really slander what Harden does. When they lose, you can sit there and slander that shit. Like you got, like I remember Muggs. What what game was it when that nigga attempted? What was it, fifty shots? I forgot what was a game last week. Niggas on Twitter, even me, I was part of. I was like, yo, this nigga Harden tweaking, bro. And Westbrook was out that game. I understand that, but gee, no man in a regular season game this early in the season needs to be attempting over forty shots, gee. It's like the changes. I don't even think Mike D'Antoni is a coach. But this, they, he, like, it's weird because it's like, yes, the Rockets Come are on. in a winning position, but coach, bro. he's running, they like, running his offense. <laughs> What's his offense? His offense is called, hey, if we don't uh, run, if we don't run and they uh, catch us at half court before we shoot a three, it's called James Harden isolate. That's the offense. That's been the offense for the past two, three years. Especially, well, technically, especially last season. That's when it really started. But, but you would think adding Russ would improve that, and it really hasn't. That man legit just chucks up shots, G. Like, niggas was And then Russ be like, fuck it, I'm going to do it too. It's so weird. It is, G. It it's extremely weird, but that game where Harden, I, I, let me try to find that game where that nigga Harden attempted like, I think it was some point last week. Let's see, like that nigga oh, legit attempted right now. like freaking a crazy amount of shots. Oh, didn't I send you that stat line? You did. Did you text it to me, or was it did you throw in the group chat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's not. Let me see. Let me see. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. James Harden. <laughs> what what day was this? November 16th. So this was actually two, three weeks ago. So I don't know how why we didn't talk about it. But that nigga attempted 41 shots. Made 16. Attempted 22 threes. Made 8. Surprisingly, he only attempted 11 free throws this game. So it was a light night. Um, but the purpose of this is that nigga hard to be chucking shit up now. Gee, <laughs> no reason in the world why you should attempt forty one shots, bro. No reason, G. If I, bro, I'll ask for a trade. I don't care how worthless you think I am on the team. Griffin just dropped a fifty, bro. I don't care. Who do you do that against? That nigga, Greek freak is so dumb. Man, he made the Utah Jazz his, his ding-dongs, bro. 
Like, nigga, if you get 50 and 14 on me, nigga, that's some goddamn 2K numbers. Yep. Dog, oh, they damn near sent this man to the free throw line in ninth. <sighs> he was 13 for 19, bro. They continuously sent my man to the free throw line, bro. And then the rest of his team didn't miss. Hey, that's lovely, G. That's a perfect world, G. Bro, it's, if you look how weird the stat looks, bro. Everybody else on the team that, I guess, legit cared that to attempt a free throw. Everybody else was two for two. Be that way, man. <laughs> Be that way. Everybody went to the line. The main oh, thing what they had to make. This is why he probably did have 50 in the first place. Rudy Gobert didn't play. Who the heck is... I know who Royce O'Neal is. Who the heck plays Royce O'Neal? Look, man. Rudy Gobert... What the heck? T- yeah, Gobert didn't play. Tony, Tony Bradley... Bradley. I feel. Oh, our, wait. Yeah, they drafted him last year. I remember. Nigga, the Lakers drafted him. Yeah, last year. Yeah, no, he got traded. The NBA app tweaks. They don't let you know who got. It was a trade, but I remember they drafted him like two years ago. I was like, nigga, why they drafted a center? But, but yeah. Um, you saw this nigga was like, oh yeah, I'm about to drop fifty, and you can't really blame him. At all, it's Giannis G. You gotta make sure he continues to make his case for MVP, uh, repeated MVP while Luca out here freaking going brazy for the culture, which is ridiculous. But before we go too far into this, uh, Chicago Bulls, um, y'all niggas need her up and fire Jim Boylan G, but I don't think that's gonna happen, um, because y'all hate me and every other Chicago sports fan, which is a very depressing life. If you choose to be part of this lifestyle that I chose to live, I blame my father and my uncle. Y'all made me this way. But it is what it is. Um, point of it all is um, the Bulls stink. And despite us stinking, you choose to, um, how would I like to say, have this idiot of a coach who's legit a clown at this point. Jim Boyle is legit a clown. Um, bench Zach Levine uh, because what game was it where they were losing 13 to 0 in the first two minutes? Do you recall? Oh, no. Yeah, but I think, no, the Heat. Yeah, there we go. Now I remember. Uh, he benched Zach Levine because he said Zach Levine done very mischievous or whatever, egregious defensive thing things on defense. And it makes me sit there and wonder, like, nigga, Y'all already a bad team defensively. You can't just put that on Zach Levine. Lori's horrible on defense, too. The only good defender on the starting lineup is legit Wendell Carter. And Otto Porter's hurt, so our best perimeter defender is Adios. But the point of it all is Jim Boyne's legit a clown. Keep going, bro. It was, you was breaking up for me. Oh. Uh, but as I was just saying, Jim Boyne's just legit a clown. Trying to call Zach Levine out, bro. Like, for yeah. a- absolutely no reason. You, you, you Don't call Zach Levine out. And then Zach Levine just showed him why Zach Levine is a fantastic basketball player right after that. Exactly. Next game, shot 14, made 14 threes, and I think he had what, 40, 47? 45, 47? Like, he had, he. 49? 
Let me double check that because that could be hooped. Um, let's see. Hold on. Because we're all about giving you actual facts on this podcast when it comes to people's stat lines. Let's see. They played Saturday against the Hornets. 49. There we go. But, yeah. They had 49 points. Shot 17 for 28. 13 for uh, 17 from 3, which is freaking ridiculous. But that's the epitome of how good Zach Levine can be. And the crazy thing about that game, and I think it was from that game, after the game, everybody's excited for Zach Levine. He, he made, I think, one the game ceiling shot. And yeah. Muggs is happy. Jim Boylan tries to hooray with the team. They did not rock with that man, G. And that was the funniest video of this week, G. The funniest moment in Chicago sports of this week, G, was Jim Boylan. You can just tell the team does not rock with him, G. The team does not rock with him, bro. But we have two goofies in our front office and an owner who, at this point, is just solely focused on baseball. Thank you, also for getting us a great catcher, by the way. Thank you for spending money. Uh, thank you, uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, freaking dork. But point of it all is we have two idiots in the front office who's not going to get rid of this guy at all it's unfortunate but until they're gone we're not ever going to probably get a good coach let's keep it g real the bulls have not gotten an experienced coach since i don't know when we're talking about a coach that actually had head coach experience tips was good he just believed in playing players until the till they this the the meat on their bones is not there no more but (laughs) Tibbs was a good coach, but regardless of the fact of that is, he didn't have no experience. Hoiberg doesn't have experience. Jim Boylan had no head coaching experience. If I recall, Vinny, ne- Vinny Del Negro didn't have a coaching experience. Scott Stiles, Skiles, Scott, Scott Skiles, man, his name is a tongue twister, didn't have coaching experience. And that's just off the top of my head. I think that is all the coaches that we've had under the Garpax era. And for the fact that they were able to hire, I think that is what, five, six coaches is egregious in itself. Yet, that's, that's, that's what we have to deal with here in Chicago, G. Some bullshit. And yet, you let this man get on a pedestal to want to give, to want to get called Zach Levine out. Lori is kind of, because Lori's been mid, very mid this year, and it's kind of disappointing. But Zach Levine's easily our best player, and you calling him out, G. Like, no, it don't work that way, G. It don't. Plain and simple. You're a clown, and you're the sole reason why this team is underachieving like a mug. Because it's not like this team is injured. There's no injuries at all, besides out of Porter. But even then. There's no reason why Kobe White should not be starting yet. It's the stupidest thing. Sanaransky's good. I like Sanaransky. Nigga, spell it. S-A-T-O-R-S-K-Y. And whatever, nigga. But this ain't no real G. Like, whatever, bro. Hey, man, low-key G. Shout out to whoever from Adidas that gave our boy Rusev this fit. Shout out to you, G, because I'm sure he stopped at Adidas before uh, before he went and got that fit, G. But point of it all is the Bulls is mid, G. Not even mid. Huff. That, we're on pure Chicago terms. Huff. 
Oh yeah, bro. Like, cause you can't. Like, with most teams that's really, really bad in the NBA right now, it's due to injury. Like, New Orleans is really bad because they ain't got Zion, and that team literally was made for Zion. The Golden State Warriors is horrendous because of, you know, well, no, the Spurs is just bad because the Spurs don't have a backup plan at the moment. <laughs> that's really it. Like, Memphis is me it. Phoenix just Phoenix is now came back to earth. Even then, they still good, decent. It's main, Rubio been hurt too, so. Uh, um, in the East, I don't even know the Eastern Conference so fluctuating. Like I don't even know Brooklyn fell off the face of the earth so fast. Gee. I know Kyrie injured, but even before Kyrie was injured, that that team was so mid. Well, they I know over five hundred now, so that's the main thing. What'd you say they over five hundred at the moment, so. Hmm. Then, I think Jared Allen just had a 2020 game. Yep. Crazy. Uh, Pistons don't get no identity. Free Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose, G. <laughs> now, Derrick Rose can stay. Free Blake Griffin. Derrick Rose is like, right. I don't need him to keep hopping around. You hop around too much. You end up one of them goddamn players that just get, you know, uh, he ended up on somebody's legendary team for who didn't win a title but won a title on 2K, but you came off the bench. Um, but, no, uh, the Bulls, is, this is weird. I think he shot almost everybody except for Wendell Carter Jr. and Zach Levine. I think you might have to shot Rory. I think you shot one of the two between Rory and Wendell Carter. My bad. One of the two. Reason said, you can get some added value for it. You can get somebody who can, who can – Honestly, be either a combo or better than Zach Levine for them two young stars. I heard through the grapevine that the Spurs are looking to trade Lamarcus Aldridge and DeMond DeRozan. Yep, they listen. It is in the air. If they don't get it, if that team does not improve, it so you is mean to tell me in- if I'm the Bulls. I went try to send Wendell. Look, Lori, I'm pretty sure Pop looking at Lori like I could turn this nigga into Dirk Nowitzki. Angie. So, you can send Lori over there for not even Demar. You can send Lori over there for uh, Marcus Aldridge. And Marcus Aldridge, Zach Levine could be a nice combo in the East. So, thing is, the wild thing is. Garpex would do that in a way of just saying, hey, we have two all-stars and all of that. We're good. The effed up part is Jim Boylan's still the coach and them niggas still run this organization. It's not fixing nothing, G. It, it's kind of like we rebuild it just, <laughs> just to kind of have that. You remember that the Jimmy Butler, D-Wade, Rondo team? Just to have that type of team again. And it's like, it's like, yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah, we may make, we might be an actual eighth, seventh seed in the East. But it's like, damn, we're about to be trash again once uh, Aldridge says, fuck y'all, and DeRozan says, yo, man, I'm out. <laughs> this team is until Garpex, a, a crater hits them while they're walking down Michigan Avenue, G. Or somebody trips them off the seventh floor of the water tower. One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. 
I'm preferring somebody trips them off the seventh floor of the water tower. It's fucking joke is wild in some ways. It is. Uh, I agree though. Suck to be a Chicago fan right now. Yeah. Uh, we beat the Always. Giants though, right? Yep, that's the main thing. Shout out to the Bears. Uh, they I'm not giving a victory praise at all. Like they did what they were supposed to do. Um, either way. But yeah, um, that's dog is pump tanking. I don't know, cause the Lakers legit just went on a run on them niggas. G. They went on a, at one point it was thirty to seven. Yeah, like G. Yeah, it's one oh seven nine. Anthony Davis played horrible. Hmm? Yeah. Well, offensively, defense. I'm pretty sure the dude. Well, no, and Don Lamarcus got dang near that. Was giving that man buckets at one point. So. Yeah, Marcus had thirty. He, yeah, I'm pretty so. sure look, they stopped that in the middle at, at, in a while. <laughs> it was probably at one point. AD said, "Hold on, defense player of the year. Hold on." <laughs> but and I think one thing about Marcus Aldridge is like he makes contested mid ranges. He legit plays on Hall of Fame his whole life. So it's like if he gets thirty on you, it's because it wasn't because defensively he just gave you buckets. It's because he's on Hall of Fame and he greens everything. You know his he, know. he knows his shot release, G. <laughs> he knows his shot release and he don't care if it's 100 smothered, G. I, it's going in. So <laughs> I don't even know where he can put LeBron's argument and he's going to be automatically successful. I don't know. If I'm Boston, he'll be on my he'll be on my uh, hot dial list too. Yeah, sure. I will, I will, I will I'll probably go ask for like Jalen Brown or somebody though. So cool, cool. That's cool. fine. Smooth. He All asked right. Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. You giving it up? I, I'm not giving up Marcus Smart. Like he look. It's like it's if that's the nah nah. Sorry, nah. I, you could take freaking uh, what's that big bastard? Um, Taco Fall. Damn. <laughs> exactly, I'm like, uh, nah, Marcus Smart, nah, like, who else is gonna play defense on everybody on this team? Man, you want Marcus Aldridge? You gotta pay Marcus Aldridge money. Hey, man. At the same time, it's like Marcus Aldridge isn't gonna defend everybody on the court for me either. <laughs> it's like players, like, okay, like I get, like you, it's like Mark, if you own, if okay, with Marcus Smart, he can come off as expendable. But it's also like you're getting rid of kind of like the heart of your team. And it's like, it's kind of like, okay, when I look at the Clippers, people may say Pat Bev is the heart of that team, but I'm going to say it's actually Lou Will. I feel like Lou Will is more the heart of the team. Pat Bev is more the bark. Mm-hmm. While Marcus Smart, he's the bark in the heart at the same time. Draymond doing those Warriors teams was the heart and the bark of that team. So that's why I can't just say, yeah, you can always find a a dog grinded out defender type guy, but he's not going to be like Marcus Smart. And also at times Marcus Smart can make clutch important shots. Because he's open. So <laughs> but yeah, so I get it, but if it takes losing Marcus Smart, no. 
because especially in this league where everything's so perimeter based, you need a guard or perimeter defender like Marcus Smart. Especially in the East where you're going to see in the playoffs Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, uh, Siakam, Giannis, Brogdon, and Oladipo, Kyrie, and that's just off the top of my head, Van Fleet. So you're going to see various type perimeter dudes who can take over games. So you need a market smart. So yeah, that's just how I look at it. And plus, the Spurs don't really, they got DeJounte Murray. So you, you're getting the same player, but in a way. So that's just me looking at it. But uh, anything else we really need to talk about basketball-wise? Are we good? Yo, you there? Trail. I said, so anything else we need to go over basketball-wise or uh, we good? Uh, Luka might be MVP. Now we yeah. can talk about wrestling. All right. Uh, yeah, let's leave that at a cliffhanger. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so wrestling. Uh pretty decent week uh in terms of wrestling. Uh AC they, uh is it true that ACH legit got cut or they just or is just Yeah, they really Alright, so uh nigga you free, go ahead and wrestle for uh them small promotions. Just know if you find your ass on AEW, Cody Rhodes, Tony Khan, you just found a way for me not to ever watch that shit ever again. I will legit delete, record myself deleting every episode in my DVR right now with no hesitation. Hmm. That's all. But do what you got to do, uh, Jordan Miles. Get your act together. Prayers to you, uh, to your future endeavors. God bless. So that's the last you pretty much going to hear that nigga till further notice. But um, let's go ahead and talk about Survivor Series weekend because um, everything pretty much leads to Survivor Series at this point. So, uh, TakeOver um, was really freaking good. Really goddamn good. Um, shout out to everybody in NXT that died for our sins. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Entertaining. And uh, shout out to the lifelong experience of CTE that you're just embellishing for many years to come. Um, so, let's see. I don't remember this match being on the show, but uh, Angel Garza fought Isaiah Scott. He beat uh, Isaiah Scott. They really believe in this Angel Garza nigga. Uh, I don't really remember the match. Did you watch that match? I watched the highlights. It was a decent match. Isaiah Scott Scott got a really cool move set. He really do. Really dope. Um, But I I ain't watched that match, so I don't really care. Uh. Team, the women's uh, War Games match, Team Ripley uh, beat Shayna Baszler. So, uh, your thoughts on it, that match? Oh, it was a really good match. Best heel turn, Dana, out this whole entire year. Um, my God, some of the NST women is beautiful. But, uh, toxicity aside, uh, Rhea Ripley came out looking strong. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, push-wise and physically, because she is a unit. Um, to believe that she's only 23, um, and she's able to do all of this, 
Uh, her putting Shayna Baszler means she's next up. Uh, spoiler alert. Hopefully, the better lackluster Survivor Series main event, Triple H should be like, yeah, we need to train Shayna Baszler some more. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, Candice LeRae, workhorse of NXT Women's Division. Crazy like good. Um, what'd you say? Just like her husband went healthy. Jesus Christ, the freaking Ravens are beating the hell out the Rams, G. Yeah, they they turn the Rams up. I don't think, um, like, Lamar Jackson's stats is wild. If somebody got him on fantasy team, they looking real, real good. Shoot, um, freaking Ingram stats are ridiculous, too. Shoot. I bet he really, 15, like 15 rushing attempts and 100 rushing yards is ridiculous, G. With two touchdowns. <laughs> Nigga going through that rate. Don't they got Sam Darnold? No, the Rams uh, is Jared Goff. Who got Sam Darnold? The Chargers? The Jets. No, I mean, not the, not the, my bad, G. Not the quarterback. The God darn. Oh, Aaron um, Donald. Aaron Donald. There we go. Look, Aaron man. Donald. Thing. Wait, they also got Jalen Rand. And look, man, this is an example of just because you have in football, <laughs> quick football lesson in this podcast, G. You can have all the talent in the world in football. It doesn't win you games, G. It it don't mean much. Just because you got a bunch of names don't mean it's going to work. Like, the Patriots is a prime example of just having, like, the one year that, <clears throat> no, I can't even say the one year because they still went to the Super Bowl. But the Patriots, most of the time when they're at their best, you don't know a single month on their team, especially on defense. It just means, like, everybody's going to do their job, and it kind of makes life easier. But just because you got a bunch of names don't mean nothing. The Rams fell in the curse of, all right, um, we need a bunch of names. Let's get Jalen Ramsey for absolutely no goddamn reason. You traded away a lot for absolutely no reason. Just because you needed a name. Names don't work in football, G. Sometimes it's best to keep all the talent separate for the greater good. So that's a quick football lesson right there from those, for anybody that likes football. But that's all I got to say in regards to that. Back to wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the women's ball games, man. Eosha arrived, one of the best spots of the weekend. That perfect, perfect. We'll start off the um the uh, top of the one games cage. I'm gonna say it again. Perfect. No cap. One more time. No cap. Perfect. Uh, also, it was some probably an AEW butt wipe. Um, probably haven't wiped his butt with uh in a long time. Pretty much half the nerves say Il Shirai's moonsault isn't that good. Love yourself. You know that sounds. I don't like some haterade, though. That's pure haterade, because, like, That's G, your, your like favorite wrestling haterade. company, Women's Division, is no better than MLW. Nigga, they can't remember the Women's Division no better than New Japan. Um, <laughs> Shout out to those that caught that. But, um... <laughs> crack myself up. Um, Bianca Bella, good stand out. Um, Kylie Ray. That was the UK champion, yeah. I believe. Kaylee Ray. She took all the weapon spots. 
and sold them perfectly. Mm-hmm. That trash can get thrown at her, beautiful. Um, Shayna Baszler was the weakest point. Look, if anybody know, I'm not a Shayna Baszler I'm a hater. She was the weakest point in this match. Um, Ain't she always? Yes, but look, I thought, you know, she's green. She's going to work on it and stuff like that. It's getting sad, bro. Um, uh, what I'm about to say, I'm trying to think of Bianca Belair did a good job. Um, I talked about everybody. Bianca Belair did that, um, that spot. Uh, was it a 450? Uh, but it looked like her face hit the chair. Shout out to her, but she not only beautiful. With an amazing wrestler. And spoiler alert, I'm kind of sad her and Sasha ain't get at least just five minutes of just pure wrestling in the six Robert Survivor Series match. But, um. Quickly cut you off, not yeah. to cut you off, but to add to Bianca Belair. She's a pure developmental project, and she's way better than Shayna Baszler as a wrestler. Yeah, that's true. No cap. So continue. No cap. She she got that uh that Velveteen dream in her. Mm-hmm. And she's black, so yeah. Exactly. Um Okay, after that, who was it? After uh then we it? had the a really freaking great triple threat match between Pete Dunn, Damian oh, Priest, God. and Killian Dane. Yep. And what else do I have to say? Uh the, some of my favorite parts was uh every time Pete Dunn would touch some one of their fingers, they'd scream. Freaking cracking up, Joe. He would just touch their finger. Oh, he goes, ah, ah. I was going crazy. Like, well, um, like, let me just get to scrape it out the way now, G. The momentum uh, that all three competitors got from this match was really, really good. Yeah. Um, that guy, uh, Damian Priest, has star written over him, dog. Yep. Um, he just got it. Killing your Dan is always going to be solid. And Pete Dunne is always going to be a workhorse in NXT. But Damian Priest got star written all over him. His moveset. The look. The agility. The look. Even though I said he looked like John Redcorn. <laughs> the guy done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. That was just a cool triple threat match. The right person won, too. Yep. Uh, and yeah. Man, definitely agree with that. Uh, I enjoyed this match. Like, it. if it wasn't for uh, either, if this, if it wasn't for these war game matches, this would have easily been match of the night to me. Easily. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I love Damian Priest. Like, another dude that took advantage of, hey, two hours. We're on TV now. He took advantage of this moment, and I'm all in for him. He's a good guy. Definitely future NXT champion. Definitely. I definitely want to see him and Adam Cole go at it. I definitely want to see him. I want to see Alistair Black go at it. Oh, yeah, that's going to be. Ooh, but I want to see Alistair Black wrestle everybody. So. Well, don't we all? He wants to wrestle everybody, but, hey, be that way. Um, <laughs> but all we know, he's still looking for Buddy Murphy for knocking on the door. But, um... But yeah, uh, I you know part of me really wanted Killian Dane to win just so I could just see him and Adam Cole fight the next night. But 
because I am probably the only Killian Dane fan in Chicago. Be that way sometimes. But I really, like, I wasn't mad at Pete Dunne winning. It wasn't no shock to me, especially once they added the uh, NXT, the uh, number one contender, uh, when it gets its number one contender for the NXT title. So I knew Pete Dunne was going to win. Um, but the next was Finn Balor versus Matt Riddle. This was a good match. Yeah. But, but I'm going to say I'm shocked that they let Balor win as clean as he did, G. That was the thing that caught me off guard. Like, he legit won crispy clean. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Matt Riddle at a, a weird spot right now since he lost like that. The NXT title situation is at a crazy spot right now. Mm-hmm. But especially with Finn Balor taking that W over him. But hopefully Gargano will get out of CTE hell and be able to stall Finn Balor's initial chase to that title eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the crazy thing, this was my least favorite match of the night. Yeah, same. But it was probably one of the best matches of the night. NXT TakeOvers are notorious for having these type of situations when it comes to it's all their matches. Like the weakest match is still a good, it's like still a four-star match. Gee, it was a really freaking good match. I don't know. It's something up with Matt Riddle. And the way like his body contorts in the ring, even contort is the right word for it. Just the way his body look, it makes it look like every move that somebody's hitting him with and every move that he's throwing look like it hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably because the nigga wears no shoes. So it's like everything. I think, I think that's you worried about this nigga going to break a toe or something. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm fearful for the day where literally we see that nigga big toe freaking looking like an ALG. I'm like, Ooh. like th- freaking Thorfinn's arm. Yo, um, the authors of pain about to come. Who are they pulling up on? Seth. <laughs> G- Hold on. No, they're looking at. Got- they circling Kevin Owens. And one, in the, one is looking at Kevin. Uh, one is looking at Seth. Yo, if they become bodyguards to Seth or Kevin Owens, oh, Seth or Kevin Owens. Look, man, those niggas is huge. When they said that they are 604 pounds combined, I was like, gee, so you telling me that they 302 pounds each? Got it, <laughs> gee. Those are some big ass, uh, what are they, Saudis of some type? I don't, I don't know. know. Yo, they uh, beat the hell out of Kevin Owens right now. Would they be not? They be not Kevin Owens. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if Seth got the authors of pain behind him as bodyguards, woo-wee. Um, what about the, I'm trying to think about, I'm trying to, I'm trying to thought about thinking about that. Um, what the heck? We were talking about uh, Matt Riddle and potentially in his uh, heat looks. Ah, the Finn Balor in this. Uh, yo, so I like how the fact that Finn Balor moved away from the coup de gras. Uh, not that I didn't like the coup de gras. I just think the coup de gras is a, if you a heel, you do it as a last-ditch effort thing because it was previous to finisher like what we'll probably see later on. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, he don't have to do it at 18-19 or 18-11, whatever the heck it's called. Real good finisher for him. Um, I don't know how he's going to do that 
into a nigga like Keith Lee, but uh, let's hope they don't go against each other. Um, <laughs> yeah, really good match though. Yeah, definitely, it was a good match. Um, then we had the men's war game match, which freaking slapped and had yeah. a slap surprise with my goat Kevin Owens uh, popping up to uh, fill in the chop the ch- team chopper, but. Uh, Really good match, like, like really yeah, good. I'm trying to get some spots. Um, right away, I could think about when Keith Lee came out the cage, and the crowd loves Keith. Um, he might be up next. Crap. Yeah, like how you know, over he can't is. Burn G. that momentum. You really can't burn that momentum. Yeah. Um. Uh, what's another one? I'm trying to think of anyone other than the big spot at the end. Um, Dokov Dostoevich, even though he was kind of like, you know, he was the least popular out of every face in the ring, really did some good stuff, like with feats of strength and athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's another one? Um, when, um, when is getting choked out. And Kevin Owens frog splashed both of them from the table. Beautiful spot. It was one of one of the crescendo spots with all the tables coming out of it. Um, what was another good spot? Uh, can you think of any? Oh, the pop up power bar reversed into the uh, the Panama Sunrise. Oh my god! In the that middle was... of the ring. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So, like, gee. Like, the, and even though, I, Loki, I felt, I thought uh, Adam Cole legit did, like, probably broke his tailbone, bro. Because yeah. just the way he's, because, gee. Like, that looked like it hurt. That he reversed like the pattern of my sunset, or whatever the heck is called, sunrise. Or something else in that match, too. Oh yeah, he had Kevin Owens. No, I'm thinking of the one with Kevin Owens, where legit him and Kevin Owens was in the middle of the uh the middle. Yeah, I, that's what part. I was talking about. But he did a different one. He reversed something else and did it again too. Look, man, that and he's really good at his goddamn moves, bro. Yeah, he knows how to legit. Did he uh, reverse Champa's move? No, that would be no. like too contort. No, he didn't do that. No, no, because you're thinking Pete Dunn one now. Which <laughs> no, nah, I know he did it twice. He reversed it into something twice. Yeah, I, uh, I would just say this right now. Even if we can, before we talk about him with Survivor Series later, Adam Cole is Wrestler of the Year. Okay, and he, I don't see anybody taking that from him. That his later half for 2019 is so strong. This last week alone. NXT ladder match. Um, I think on SmackDown tag team match, TakeOver War Games, it had a slap singles match. Probably the, if not the the, the second best match on the card, the best match on the card at Survivor Series. Say that again, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Say that again, I didn't hear you. So, ladder match at NXT. Yep. Tag team match at SmackDown, I believe. 
Call me on that. I think he went against the New Day or something like that. Um, it was like the Undisputed Era versus like the New Day and Heavy Machinery, I think. Um, then you have the War Games match, which he literally fell off the top of the God darn cage. And he was able <laughs> to, to take that. Into a table. Nigga. And then you have, uh, not, if it's not this, look, G, by far one of my favorite matches of the year. I would, I would still say the six man men's match was a little bit better in just terms of like the end, especially made that six man tag team match just feel amazing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just a, a whole match, Adam Cole stole the freaking show with Pete Dunne. Definitely did. You can't tell me another wrestler who had that just in a stretch like that of just pure, like, how can you hate this man type wrestler? Even though he's the heel, we're going to boo him regardless. Um, Adam Cole is amazing. Yeah, I probably my favorite wrestler right now. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like Adam Cole, like I will like this make before we get to Survivor Series, but they did a good job just showing NXT proper, but showing how big of a star Adam Cole is to the world. G, like that man, like he are. I was already a fan. Like beginning this year, I was already sold as a fan. But G. They legit and within like this whole takeover thing, like from the this whole month of November, the man legit showed how big of a star he can be, easily, easily, and it's like at this point it's more like hey, it's like hey, like I'm, like I'm impressed. I'm legit like the man took advantage of the moment and didn't falter at all, and I'm just glad. I'm just glad to see him getting uh, the spotlight that he legit deserves at the end of the day. So, so <laughs> I have nothing to really like add on to it. But yeah, uh, but overall, the men's war games match was was really good, uh, really freaking good. Um, still, that man Adam Cole legit fell through from the top of that through a table. G <laughs> died, legit died. G. <laughs> it was still wild. But um let's go ahead and move on to uh Survivor Series in itself. Um let me pull up the results. Alright, so pre show pretty much they threw the the uh the interbrand tag team wait no the it's the team team interbrand battle royal. That had nothing to do with the champions tag team, but that no, was the pre show. Byron hated that match. He was just garbage, man. That was garbage. The match was eight minutes. The match was eight minutes and 20 seconds, G. Uh, I saw Leo Rush beat the hell out of Akira Tazawa and Callisto. Uh, Shout out to Leo Rush, real nigga. Uh, See, then the the champions, the the tag team champions triple threat match. The Viking Raiders won, beating the New Day and Undisputed Era. Um, the fact that they literally got the new day up out of here, G, is wild. <laughs> I mean, G, yeah, just the way that they the did it. Beat the dog crap. I don't know. Like, G, I'm at a beautiful point. spots too. Yeah, it was some great spots, but I'm at a point now. Like, they need to use this as a way to sit there. Like, either you got to turn the new day heel with a like, hey, we shouldn't be getting our ass beat like this type stuff because Mugs been putting no respect on our name despite us being champions, but. 
it'll freshen up their characters for the time being, at least when I look at it. Um, and then when you do possibly decide to have them uh, split up, um, you have a reason. It makes it easier, more believable. I don't think they split them up just because one of them is going to get lost. Agreed. Because both of them are too big for the for them to have not no big storyline. And will both championships probably get defended? Well, freaking, uh, um, I guess, Brock's to be every other month. And, and Fee, he only wrestling on pay-per-view. I can't see you separate all of them and then having some Kofi separately. We're still trying to have some of them from Mustafa Ali, Roman. Baron, Shorty G, all of them. So, I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, I hear yeah. where you're coming from. But you just but had also Jack off his trash. Who? <laughs> no, he just threw another interception. He threw an interception, and it's like the last two minutes. How the trash. heck you do that? You getting click clocked? Trash. Um. But yeah, so moving on. Uh, then the women's uh triple threat. The women's Five on five on five, triple threat elimination match happened. Team it was NXT, really good. yeah, it was really good. Team NXT won. Uh, they definitely made Bianca Belair look really freaking good. Like yeah. I'm just throwing out that she looked really good in this match. Um, which I'm always for Black Excellence prospering in wrestling. G. Not to take the shot off Bianca Belair, I totally agree. But I will say this about Ray Ripley. Um, yep. I think the Monday before that. She pinned Charlotte. Yeah, she pinned Charlotte in a very creative way. <laughs> that was a super freaking creative After that, way. After that, she pinned Sasha. Yep. In War Games, she pinned um, Shayna Baszler. Yep. And I think she's going to pin Sasha again. I mean, she pinned Sasha again in Survivor Series. Rare Ripley is the nice biggest women star in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally fine with her her huge hugging the women's division like that, G. Because <laughs> it's crazy, bro. It is. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to, uh, to Oscar Charlotte uh, rivalry that they're just continuing to egg on um, because that's pretty much the biggest rivalry the women's division have on Raw. That doesn't involve Becky Lynch, which is comical. Um, I don't know who's taking that bet off Becky Lynch, but I can't wait. I feel like it just needs to hurry up and happen. The unfortunate thing is, I don't think it's happening until Mania. Cap. I don't see it happening until Mania. They've been protecting the hell out of her, G. And then now you got Charlotte Mm -hmm. focused on Asuka and Kyrie Sane. It's like, what the hell? P. Cap. Man. You get that belt off of her. I think Vince. Look, man. I think she was was she even on the show tonight. Mm, no, I don't recall her saying no yeah. wrong. Vince made that call. He did. He probably <laughs> Vince made that call. Like, go ahead, take a break. With the title coming off you soon. You gonna need it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just like the inconsistencies with this match. I think. It was more of, like, watching people get pinned. Because I know it's not a traditional tag match, so you don't always want to break up the pin. People got to go to yeah. tr- trim the fat. 
But, like, the way it was, it looked so awkward, especially when people would get jumped and other people would just stand there. <laughs> like, Natty literally just stood there throughout the whole match. And her whole rock team was getting jumped every other second. <laughs> like, no cap. Yeah. Um, That's but I did have and also, shout out to Sasha pretty much uh, having to carry SmackDown her own because that team was booty cheeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but they kind of sold that by making Sasha pretty much have to solo a bulk of the match. Um, moving on, the uh, mid-card champions triple threat match. Uh, Roderick Strong won. I like the finish. Um, yeah. You had to kind of give NXT one W a month. Not the next time, Undisputed Air one W in a very, in a fashion like this. I'm not mad at it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like I enjoyed the match. It was really good. Uh, uh, Shinsuke why did dressed... Shinsuke was kicking niggas like Shinra on fire for it? And my man uh, Shinsuke was dressed like goddamn uh, Sub Zero. I respect it, G. Yeah, he was kicking the crap out of people. Like that's all he was doing. Um, really good match. Little show place. I don't mind. Anytime I get to see Roger Strong in the ring with AJ Styles, check everybody. Shinsuke Nakamura, I stand regardless. Mm-hmm. I know they probably couldn't go like full on like collision course. Shinsuke, what'd you say? It went sixteen minutes. No, I'm talking about like collision course, like bodies oh. everywhere and stuff like that. Because I was gonna say both Shinsuke and, and AJ like old as heck. They kind of want to preserve their bodies. And mm-hmm. Roger Strong literally wrestled a crazy World Games match last night. So I understand yep. why some people. I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, some people call that a little mid. Uh, it was. I thought it was really, really good. It was a good match. Uh, it was a fun match. Yeah. Uh, All right, and then uh, Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, which was match, match of the night, night for me. easily. Uh, pretty much, like I could sit and say how great it was, as always. But that Panama Sunrise counter was glorious. Yeah. Uh, that bitter end looked really close. And just to see him turn him around to get the... I never saw that in my life. Something so... Like, it was so perfect. Um, Adam Cole is amazing. Definitely. I, I literally don't understand. Like, two of the biggest, like... Things came from NXT, and that's like the Keith Lee praise, and Adam Cole just showing why he's the face of NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he could be a flippy guy, uh, but the way Adam Cole wrestles makes you believe that he's that nigga. Yep. Uh, the 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 kicks. He's like a little. He's like a mini Shawn Michael to the T. Um, and it's not just the kicks itself, just the way he wrestles, the way he sells, yeah. his facial expressions. Um, this is really good. The, yeah. the little sounds he's making it, the the ring. Um, yeah, he he knows how to put on a show. Yeah, he's one of them people that he's one of them. He's I think he's on that Daniel Bryan tier. Like he's so good that you'll never see a bad match come out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Wonderful match. Shout out to Pete Dunne. Always been a workhorse, though. Always. Always, yeah. You've always uh, kind of help. 
whatever the rail title match and that joint goes slap. So shout out to bro. But it's tough to wear just Walter. No booty cheeks. But every other one, yeah, he's gonna slap. Yeah. Uh then the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Uh this was best fiend match so far. Yeah. It was a really good match. Best fiend match of course. But it's Daniel Bryan. And but just like what I said was going to happen, they nerfed the fiend to an extent. But at the same time, Daniel Bryan knows how to make him look strong without having to do all the theatrics of what Seth Rollins had to do, which is spam all fourteen of your finishers. Like mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it, but I was kind of hoping that uh, Daniel Bryan would have put the uh, the yes lock in. And that nigga just sat there, just act like nothing was going on, G. That would have just been comical. But that probably would have pissed the fans off, too. But uh, they humanized the Fiend a little bit more, so which is not a problem. But uh, I enjoyed the match, though. I really did. It was yeah. a good match. Me, too. Yeah, it was like nice. Both uh, looked strong, no, regardless. Yeah, no selling was cool. I think the uh, the drop kick, the missile drop kicks, and then the Fiend just walked off of ice. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm just uh, not real lighting. Got yeah, I think it's going to, like it's like it's a cool. It kind of it's kind of like when Undertaker has casket matches. It looks cool for that, but to have yeah. it for every fiend match, it's going to lose its luster eventually. Like if it was more like a. A fi- like if it's a fiend match that has a a, sp- a special stipulation to it, cool, because his mm-hmm. gimmick is I'm bring you to hell, I'm dragging you in to my world. But if it's like a regular singles match, it don't really need it. It's not really necessary to me, at least. That's just how I look at it. But the that's what they want to do until the fans legit boo it from start to finish. Then they're gonna keep going yeah. with it. So, yeah. but yeah, so um, they all turn on exactly. So, like, that's what they do best. Uh, but anyway, uh, next was the men's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match Team SmackDown won. But the main thing with this match went, even though it didn't feel like it was 30 minutes, the pace of this match was really freaking good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, I don't know where to start. Walter is over. That guy is over. Vince didn't care about protecting pinfalls either, by the way. Except for Braun Strowman. But Walter is over, dog. How did Braun get eliminated again? Count it out. Okay. Yeah, he got Claymore outside. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, once they start trimming the fat, kind of like how the ladies ones went, it got really kicked off. It was just the the men's one was so star studded, so it was kind of sad seeing Walter and um, Matt Riddle go. I think Kevin Owens went. Early. Yeah, uh, KO went. Kevin early. Owens sold something so beautifully though, like he was ground. Kevin um, Owens probably hundred Roman Reigns is long. What'd you say? I said Kevin Owens pretty much probably broke Roman Reigns' ribs and punched it along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he cannonballed that nigga. Um, yeah, a lot of people was out early. Walter, I'm going to say it again, was over. 
the crowd was behind that nigga. He has a heel persona around him that not that many people can have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Ricochet did some stuff. But somehow he was alright. Uh, it really came towards the the end. Um, uh, and Baron Corbin was a pest, but who cares about him? Um, Champa worked his butt off in that match. Uh, what's on the SmackDown side? Drew was all right. Then Drew get took it out by Roman. Yeah. Yeah, he got speared by. Yeah. Um. Uh, but when it comes to um, the end, which made this match so good, was the praise for Keith. Yep. Uh, it was just really, really good. Um, that spear bomb to Roman. Upper that echelon, was the best my nigga. Power bomb I've ever seen in my life, G. That was upper echelon, G. I need to gotten our gift of that. Uh. Yeah, best pop ball I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and the play on Roman and Steph jumping on him was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, to eventually that Keith Lee took out Steph and took out Roman. Keith Lee about to hit Roman with the biggest moonsault known to man. Kind of thank God that didn't happen. Um, yeah, he already had a punctured lung probably. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, then Roman did his move. Got Keith Lee about him, but the respect that Keith Lee had. What was, what was they chanting for Keith Lee? You mean the bask in his glory? Yeah. Well, how do they chant? Like they always do, bask in his glory, like that. Yeah. Uh, I ain't know. That. I thought they would say something else. Oh. But I also like how Keith Lee played the crowd. Even doing that, he lifted his hand up and did he. Up. Put his hand down and they all stop. It's really cool. Keith Lee's a star. Definitely. Um, was, look, I know he's black. We black. And that's going to make this hype even more. Because um, I was in awe watching that. Yeah. Not even just the spirit, but just to see that crowd behind Keith Lee as if he was like a super duper baby face from years back. Mm. I can't believe Vince uh, at that nigga. Real fire over Champa, which is wild. Um, but Keith Lee deserved it. To mm-hmm. think he was gonna be a cash on NXT, and now and they fight Roman in the main. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. It's dope. Crazy. And I want to rematch expeditiously, of course. But yeah. it's dope as hell to just see Keith Lee because, like. I started learn like when I found out he signed. I and like this is where shout out to first black champ podcast for letting me know about certain black wrestlers in the indies, and they're talking about Keith Lee. I looked up, looked folks up. I was like, yo, this nigga cold. Yeah. And when I found out he was in NXT, I'm like, okay, I try to pay attention to whenever he was on and all of that. And I was like, yo, this dude has star written over him. It's just you're stuck on the WWE network. But the fact that, and once again, he took advantage of, like, Byron was saying in the party, like, he took advantage of Jordan Miles tweaking. I feel like he was going to prosper regardless. But he was going to prosper regardless of whether Jordan Miles was there or not. Like, that had nothing to do with it because Keith Lee has something where, and we say this all the time, 
most black wrestlers do not have a charisma. And like and Keith Lee has charisma. Like he yeah. has the look, he has charisma, he can talk, he has a <laughs> phrase where the crowd can just has a little tune to it. And literally, man, he raps his own I think he raps his own damn entrance. Nobody else does that, man. Now, now, all I need is Vince McMahon to sit there and say, oh, wait, I could use somehow Mark Henry. I use Mark Henry, except he won't get hurt all the goddamn time. That's the difference. <laughs> but, yeah, my Keith Lee, the GOAT, G. I, I'm looking forward to where they go with it. Like, I, he definitely has next. Like, he definitely has next when it comes to NXT. Um, he's old, though, which is the thing. Yeah, he's 35. <laughs> Which is still, yeah. for wrestling years, 35 is not bad. That's like the end of your prime. Though. Yeah, it's the end of your prime. You gotta stop looking at people like God darn freaking Hogan and Flair to say, hey, you ain't done wrestling to you then. Because that's when you get some of your worst matches known to man. Oh, yeah, definitely agree. Like, when they get to that point. But, um, but I feel like he, in terms of, which is why, like, 35 is not bad and plus you got factor he's black. So we oh, yeah, age differently. Ron <laughs> Killings. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, our truth is 52. He he can still, like, he. I ain't going to sit there and say he's going to put on a five-star match, but he can still go. He still looks good athletically. So let's put yeah. it that way. Especially in ref- wrestling terms, athleticism is a little different. And Keith yeah. Lee is... A super nigga. The man is six foot three, I think, and, and three three hundred and fifty pounds, doing some of the crazy stuff that we see him doing. Yeah, and he's still thirty five. He's just a super nigga. Playing, he, he did a full roundhouse kick. The uh, man jumped up in Roman the air, and did a back spin self- kick. G dodged it, but he did a full roundhouse kick in the air. G, <laughs> like what? Yeah, he's different. G, like. Yeah, so no, I better can get my goddamn leg off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, be that way. But uh, shout out to Keith Lee though, and shout out to uh, like Vince and Triple H is making sh- like just picking Keith Lee to take advantage of that spot though. Uh, so moving on, uh, Brock Lesnar beats Rey Mysterio in seven minutes. By the way, um, overall I enjoyed What's the match. Bad? It was, it was a it was a fun match. Look, look, compared to what we got in that main event, bro, that was a slot match. <laughs> it, like I did, like I said, it was a great, it was a fun, great match. And like it's dang near impossible to have a bad match with Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio because if he likes you and you're small for some odd reason, he's you, he's going to put in effort for you. Also, they was able to get the crowd on their feet at the Good Men's Survivor yep. Series match. Definitely. So. Definitely. Like no, they were the crowd of feet. Chicago been through heck and back during this wrestling weekend. All they have seen is wrestling, so at that point they should be like dead and it was able to leave the crowd back up and just unfortunate one wasn't able to last to the main event. And also we need to have a dialogue about uh Ray Mysterio as a father because he keeps letting Brock Lesnar put hands on his son, G. Yeah, 
<laughs> but moving on to this trash ass beta vit, uh, I rewatched the match. The match in itself, like sometimes you just gotta watch. Put the uh, like some somebody told me. Well, I would say somebody told me, but I I, I saw a tweet that sometimes if you hear uh the crowd shitting on the match, it can ruin like the match experience. But I feel like that plays a role in the match in itself. But I watched the rewatched the uh the match in mute, and the match still was it went from huff to barely mid. So it don't help the case much. Uh, Shayna Baszler won, but it was like at what cost? True. And they gave them almost twenty minutes. Just trash match, man. I didn't really got nothing to say about it. I stopped watching it and after probably like minute five, I already see what was coming. I saw it was coming. Yeah, that match. Yeah, the unfortunate part is Bailey had to take the pin. That was the unfortunate part of everything. Bailey took taking the pin, especially and to me this match solidified how much they're trying to protect Becky. And if you was going, if you if the goal, especially for this entire weekend, was to make NXT look good, and this goes to the women's division. It wouldn't have hurt Becky Lynch to take the pin against Shayna. That's just me looking at it. Because if that was the purpose of this entire weekend, this whole freaking angle of Survivor Series this year was to put make NXT look just as much as equals to <coughs> Raw and SmackDown talent. And you did all that you could. Like, you did everything. The pull-ups, Adam Cole being Dan Bryan clean, all of this. And despite, yes, Becky Lynch is your most over superstar in the company. Regardless whether you love it or hate it, she's your most over superstar. It wasn't going to hurt her if Shayna Baszler pinned her. It wasn't. Well, not pinned, but tapped her out. Let's just put it that way. Especially if Becky is as over as you think she is in like it's not going to hurt if she took a pin or tapped out to Shayna Baszler. Bailey just legit took it, which is unfortunate because I feel like it kind of hurts her her run right now. But at the same time, nobody on SmackDown besides Sasha Banks who can really touch her. So it's it's not going to be that bad. I just feel like the impact of Shayna tapping out Becky would have been more done more for NXT's women's division even though like I feel like a lot of people looking at <coughs> NXT's women's division as a whole different level in itself um mm-hmm. but it would have done it so much more justice than her tapping out Bailey. just me looking at it or even like she, Becky Dean had to tap out just choke her out it would have made it still would have made Becky look strong while at the same time Showing that a hey, Shayna, despite how much I hate her, it would have legitimized that everything for this whole weekend, especially if he's going to close it out to me. Like Roman and Seth put over Keith Lee, and uh, AJ and Shinsuke put over Roger Strong and X, Y, and Z. But to me, it's just I, I just didn't like the finish to me, yeah. especially since you're going to end it with Becky beating the hell 
out of Shayna Baszler after she was ducking and hiding under an announce table. Yeah, some people saying that um, Becky probably got an injury that she's dealing with. Yeah, well, everybody hurt. Roman probably punctured, has a punctured lung, so it be that way sometimes. Adam Cole literally got freaking had to fight Djokovic in a ladder match and then got put through a table from 100 feet through the air while fighting Pete Dunne afterwards. Niggas, everybody hurt, nigga. It be that way. So, but it is what it is. Uh, overall, still a very successful weekend. I feel like they did their job, put NXT over even more, in a sense, to WWE's casual fan base, as I would like to uh, refer to it as, uh, in a good way. So, I feel like mission accomplished the way I look at it. So, nothing yeah. else for me to really add, unless you want to add anything yeah. to it. No, nah, wonderful weekend. The women's match kind of ruined through, but hey, it'd be like that sometimes. Yep. It's, a, like, it's always some kind of a negative come out of good things. So, it'd be that way. But either way, mission accomplished. That's how they got to look at it. Um, But yeah, so that's how we're going to end the episode on that note. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Whatever platform you're listening to us on, make sure you subscribe and follow, comment, like, all that good stuff. Uh, if, make sure you follow us on Twitter at 3S from the ring. Be greatly appreciated for all our wrestling, uh, wrestling basketball takes and stuff of sorts. Uh, don't expect the episode next week. Well, this, well, we, we record it on Monday, so pretty much next week. Don't expect the episode. We'll take the week off for the holidays. So happy Thanksgiving and all that sorts. Be safe on Black Friday. Don't get your ass beat. Uh, the good thing is you uh nba.com and uh wd.com will have sales so you're safe that way so you don't gotta worry about your life being at stake in that aspect but appreciate you guys for listening of course happy thanksgiving uh don't choke on turkey uh ch- chitlins is trash and baked macaroni is life anything you want to add before we go <laughs> all right on that note day trail is gone peace